Welcome back to another episode of Route 150, a ministry of FBC New Hamburg. In our first series, Pastor Sean took us through a 31-day study on how to view anxiety in a biblical perspective. And now in this new and second series, Elaine is going to be talking to us about the foundations and importance of the gospel using the Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. We're going to be discussing what exactly the gospel is and how it impacts our everyday life. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to podcast number two of Route 150. Ah, we're so excited to be here this week. And especially because this week we're starting in the front of the book. Last week we started at the very last chapter. And I know that's like the biggest faux pas you can ever have in reading a book. But this week, don't worry, we're, we're tackling chapters one and two of the book, The Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. And I said it uh, last week that if you haven't bought in the book, The Gospel Primer, you need to go get it. It's super good. It's refreshing to the heart and to the soul. And it is so easy to read. Like literally a chapter is like one to two paragraphs long. And he footnotes all the scripture he uses so that as you're reading it, you can read where he found it in the Bible, which is a really, really helpful resource to use. And one of the main reasons why I love the book so much. Um, Before I kind of get into stuff, last week I took you back into my high school self and talked a little bit about rugby and I figured this week I would also do something similar but I'm going to take you way further back and take you to my middle school days. I know crazy times back in the day and what a lot of you may not know is that I was actually very much so into the performing arts. I know, wild, crazy concept. I, If someone had asked me while I was like 11, 12 what I wanted to do, I would have like said without a doubt, I'm going to be an actor. That's what I'm going to be. I remember when you play like you have a sleepover with a friend and you'd like play like, oh, what's your future going to be? And I would always put as my best uh, career option as an actor. And so a couple of things, you know, we do a lot of church plays. I'm actually, uh, there's video proof of me and Nathan in the same play together called Donkey Tales. And I had no recollection that we had actually done that until he reminded me before we had started dating that we are in a play together. But uh, I also did, besides church plays, I did some homeschool plays. So one time my mom took me to a new homeschool group and it was my first time ever going. And she's like, hey, Elaine, like just just so you know, probably most of the people are going to want the really good part. So prep yourself to be like, I don't know, teacup number four or something, something really small. I was like, "Okay, mom, I got you. And so I did my audition. It was my first day there. And then the next day, the next week when we came back, they had given me the part of Alice in Alice in Wonderland. And I remember, you know, middle school girls were not only upset that they didn't get the part, but then upset that the new kid on the block got the part that they really wanted. And so I I had this really large part and it had a pretty decent script. Like they had for a middle school play, there was like two acts and there was uh, like a whole script that I had to learn. So it, it was a pretty big process to learn my part. And so I would study every single day at like one or two different acts. And I was like, okay, I'm going to memorize it. And every day I would have someone quiz me on it or I would just like be in my room alone talking to myself, trying to learn the lines. And by the end of it, by the end of the play, when I actually went to perform it, I knew my part so well that I knew every single one of my lines. I don't think I missed one line. Uh, Shout out to myself. 
And uh, I also knew every single other actor's lines in that play. And so if they would forget their line, you'd see me. If there's a video of it somewhere, you'd see me melting the right line to them. And not discreetly, like, at all. Like, it's very obvious that they had forgotten it and that I was going to tell them what was the right line. And that was because I spent so much time looking into it and remembering it and going over it with people that it just like came supernaturally to me and I I knew exactly every single line and that when we're talking about rehearsing the gospel so re- rehearsing the gospel to ourselves every single day that's what we're talking about we're talking about having something so ingrained into our mind that we focus on every day that we can't help but like know it like the back of our hand and talk about it very often and frequently with the people around us. It just becomes like who we are, kind of like a little section of of our identity. But before we get into it, I said I told you guys that we'd be in chapter one and two. And so the first chapter that uh, Milton Vincent talks about is about the pattern that's set up about thinking through the gospel and rehearsing it to ourselves as believers. So he takes us first to Romans 1.15. And it's like a really simple passage. And all it says is, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So here he's setting up the framework that preaching the gospel is not just to the unsaved people in Rome, but also to the the church that he's writing to, which is full of believers. So it's the gospel is something he's excited to preach, obviously, to those who don't know Christ. But he also wants to be reminding the people who know Christ about the gospel. And he, Paul actually has a really good um, pattern and framework of doing this in most of his books. So like if you look in Ephesians, if you look in Colossians, if you look in Romans, he always kind of starts the book talking about um, the gospel or some very true historical fact about the gospel or something um, that pertains to the gospel. And then he works that in to how that affects the problem that that church is specifically facing. And you see this in, in almost every every section of the books. The first two chapters-ish or the first couple verses are about the gospel. And then it goes on to the next couple chapters, how that um, pertains to the people who he's talking to. And so that sets up a really beautiful pattern of rehearsing the gospel to ourselves when we're trying to work through everyday problems. One of the spots that Milton Vincent takes us to is actually 1 Corinthians 15. And I'll, oh, I love this passage so much. I think it is a beautiful, beautiful passage. I'm actually going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Um, we're really going to stay in the first two verses, but the third and fourth verse are so good. I couldn't leave them out. So I'll read it really quickly again. I read from the ESV version because it used to be the Elaine Simons version in my mind, but now I'm a captain. So that messes up my, my pun, but that's okay. So first Corinthians 15, one to four. Now I would remind you brothers. So again, talking about how this is to believers, um, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. In verse 3 and 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Oh my goodness, such a good passage. Ugh. Oh, it makes my heart happy every time I, I read it. And when I read these things, 
Uh, when I read this passage, two things really stand out to me. And it's the in which you stand and if you hold fast. And I cannot help but picture, especially with the in which you stand one. Um, I, I told you guys last week that I grew up with four older brothers. And again, very rough and tumble kind of family. And whenever we would go to the water or to the beach, and this was also really true when I worked at camp, and there would be a big floaty or like a big dock in the middle of the water. And you got to know that when there's a dock in the middle of the water and yeah, you get some rambunctious teenagers or middle schoolers in the water, they're going to play king of the rock. And I was always really little. Like if someone bigger than me wanted to throw me off a dock, it's not that hard. So my like one goal would either be to be faster than everyone or I would just try to plant myself really firmly. So I'd like i put my legs shoulder width apart. I lower my center of gravity. I would try not to like move at all because I knew once I was a little off balance, I was gone or I was done. I was getting soaked. And I think that's kind of what Paul's getting at. He's saying that the gospel is something that you're standing on. The gospel is something that you're planted in and that you are not moving from. Like no no wind, no person, nothing is moving you from the gospel. That's what you're standing on. That's where your lifeline is because you know once you get your feeding, your footing off the gospel, you're a goner. Um, and then he goes and he says, in which you hold fast to the word I preach to you. And uh, maybe maybe this is just I was too rambunctious as a teenager, but all I can picture is a bunch of us teenagers playing the game of spoons. And I, I don't know if you've ever played spoons. I really hope you have because it is like one of the best games on the planet. And I say that without fear of contradiction. And you have a whole bunch of spoons in the middle of the room and you're trying to get four cards of the same type. And once you get four cards, you grab a spoon and then everyone else has to try to grab a spoon, but there's one spoon missing. And so if both you and someone reach for the spoon at the same time and you're both holding on to it, it's basically like survival of the fittest. Whoever can hold on to it the longest is the one who's winning. And if you let go, you're out, you're done for. And that's kind of like in my, in whenever I see if you hold fast to the word I preach you, that's what I'm thinking of. It's like something that you are not letting go of. Like no one's taking your spoon from you. And and there's just like a very, a strong importance to it. It's like you're standing on the gospel. You're holding fast to the gospel. And that's how like it seems like it's the most important aspect to your relationship with God here. It's like you're standing on the gospel. That's the most important part right now. You're planting in it. And uh, I know this is something that I can struggle to really understand because a lot of the times you think that the gospel is just like you hear it once and you're good to go. But Paul gives it such importance and he's talking to believers. He's talking to people who who know this, who know the gospel. Um, but he's telling them you got to stand firm in it. You got to hold fast to it no matter what. Because I think Paul knows that, you know, just like any of us, when we get our eyes off of the gospel, when we take our eyes off of Christ and what he did on the cross for us, man, we fall back into our sins so quickly. It's like we we veer our eyes a teeny bit and we get just like whacked in the head with our sin because we weren't holding fast to it. 
At least that's that's how it is for me. He goes on in chapter two to talk about how the gospel is something that we like desperately, desperately need. And we need to be reminding it of ourselves like every single day for the rest of our lives. And he says something in chapter two that I thought like really summed it up well. So I'm going to read the quote, even though it's a little bit longer. I'm going to read it. It's on page 14. It says, the gospel is so foolish, according to my natural wisdom, so scandalous, according to my conscience, and so incredible, according to my timid heart, that it is a daily battle to believe the full scope of it, as I should. And I thought this was like a good reminder that if I'm not rehearsing the gospel to myself every single day, I'm going to let my human nature take control. So like pretty soon, if I forget the gospel, it's going to become foolish to me. And I'm not going to be able to actually understand it really well. Like I think, what's that verse in, um, for I, uh, for I'm unashamed of the gospel for is the power of God in me. Like so quickly you can become like ashamed of the gospel or you think like what we talked about the first week that we're trying to have a performance-based relationship with God because having just like God saved us from our sin and that's it can seem very foolish to us. And when we start to think those lies are true, we so quickly believe the lies of sin and we like fall into temptation so much faster. Um, And I'll kind of end with this. One of my profs at Word of Life talked, told us a story one time about um, how in the U.S. at least, because it's harder here in Canada, but in the U.S. they had people who were like currency experts. And so they would go through bills and they would try to find the fake ones. And again, I'm not actually 100% sure if this story is real. If it's not, blame my prof, not me, because I'm stealing it from him. (laughs) But basically, there are so many different like techniques and ways that counterfeiters could fool them that instead of just studying those techniques... And like the fake money, they would spend so much of their time focusing on like what was the real bill. And when they spent that time, they focused on what it looked like that when a fake bill came their way, they knew that like right away it was wrong because it felt different or it looked a little different in this corner or like the ink wasn't quite the same or, you know, however else you would determine what was real. But they looked at what was real instead of what was fake. And they like intricately studied it. And that's kind of the same concept Milton Vincent's bringing in these two chapters is to really focus on the gospel and it's being what you're studying and you're looking for every little detail in it and you're trying to see the importance of it. And that way when like temptation or lies or sin come your way, you're able to say like, no, like that's not a part of the gospel or no, like that's not true. Or no, that's like, that is not what I know. I, what I know to be true because I rehearsed the truth to myself so much that when lies come my way, I automatically can be like, nah, that's not it. Well, that kind of concludes what I wanted to talk about this week, but homework for the week. Um, 
we're going to piggyback off what we did this last week. So again, if you haven't gone the book, the gospel primer, you got to go get it. I'm going to be, um, a broken record over here telling you to go get it. Cause it's totally worth it. Um, so make sure you grab that, but also, um, let's keep on with the memorization train. Let's, let's keep going with that. And we're going to memorize first Corinthians 15 for sure. Verses one to two, but if you can get verses one to four, Let's go for that. So basically, this is how I memorize stuff. I write it on a piece of paper and I put it somewhere where I'm going to see it every day. Or like I could also make it my phone wall screen or anything that you're going to look at. And every time I see it, I just read like one day. I'll read verse one over and over and over. And then the second day, I'm going to read verse two over and over and over. And that way you kind of forget that you're actually memorizing it, but you're memorizing it. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. This is just like a really good, I like a really good way to get good biblical truths in our mind, but also in our heart so that when temptations come our way, we can like quickly say it off the top of our head. So that's all I got for you this week. I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that the ministry of Route 150 helps you on your road to becoming more like Christ. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to FBC and we'll see you next time.